0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 125. It's a big one and it's another one of our revisited episodes. Uh, Every couple of months we're taking a look back at one of the big heavy hitting titles ...that we covered in the very early days of the podcast when we had no idea what we were doing. And now that we've got about a 30% idea of what we're doing, I want to give some of those early games the due that they so rightfully do deserve. Uh, And this time around, man oh man, we are talking about one of the all-time, absolute great, bona fide, locked in, first ballot, hall of fame, fucking iconic video games ever made... The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past for the Super Nintendo. Fuck, I love this game. Uh, we all love this game. My buddy, frequent guest, Patreon supporter, and Zelda super fan, Bradley McHugh, gave me a call this week, uh, and we spent a good hour just talking about A Link to the Past's greatness. So uh, so I hope you all enjoy that. We're going to get to that in just a few minutes. But speaking of greatness, it is time for our fabled Remember the Game intro. Uh, fuck, I'm getting good at those segues. When I stick to my fucking notes, I nailed them. That feels good. Uh, and quickly, before I get into the intro, which is not quick, uh, never forget, as always, there are timestamps in the description box of the podcast telling you when to skip to if you only want to listen to Link to the Past Talk or you only want to link to or listen to fucking whatever, okay? If you want to leave me, there's tons of reasons to leave the show a bad review. The long intro is not one of them because I give you the option to skip it. Alright? If you wanna say, hey, the host sucks, the quality of the podcast sucks, this game sucks, Adam sucks, blank is a stupid last name. Fucking Great Britain is not a city. Stop telling us that we're a city. You need more ads because we like ads in our podcast. If you wanna plug any of those fucking things, if you want to a bad review for any of those, bad review, have at her. But no more bad reviews cause the intro's too long. Because you have a fucking option to skip it. Your goddamn mouth breathing jack-offs, and it's fucking three minutes into the show when I tell you when you can skip. Alright? So there's no fucking excuse anymore. Skip anytime Fuck. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the intro is a little long. I understand that. So I got you, all right? you right? I've already got your download. If you're listening to me right now, you've already downloaded the podcast. So thank you very much for that, for the statistic. I appreciate it. Now the show is yours to pick apart as you please. If you don't like the crust, don't eat the fucking crust. The intro to this show is the crust. I love the crust, but either way. Um, On the note of downloads, thank you to everyone that has not only downloaded and listened to Remember the Game, but thank you to everyone that has jumped onto the Game Patch bandwagon over the past few months and listened to that. If you haven't checked it out yet, it's my weekly modern gaming news podcast where I do what I do here and swear and struggle to form a complete sentence and all that kind of stuff, but I do what we'll talk in PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, Nintendo Switch, stuff like that instead. And you can find Game Patch wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, New episodes go live every single Monday or you knew it was coming sign up for our patreon and you'll get it three days early you'll get to listen to game patch every single friday morning instead of waiting until monday monday's gonna suck anyway my podcast isn't good enough to fix your monday but my podcast is good enough to make your friday a little better right i was gonna throw a really disgusting sexual reference in there right now but i'm not gonna do that i'm just gonna say i'm just i'm i'm i've got you i'm your fluffer i'll make your weekend better Just check it out on a Friday morning instead. And it's only two bucks for the entire month as well. Two bucks for the month. Netflix is fucking way more than two bucks. You could argue Netflix is better. I would actually argue maybe it isn't because there's a lot of shit on Netflix. But either way, $2 $2 a month, not only gets you early access to Game Patch, it gets you ex- exclusive access to our Patreon uh, exclusive podcast Expansion Pass, plus all the old episodes of Expansion Pass, you can pick the games we cover here on the show, you can submit comments to be read on all our podcasts, you get access to our new Discord, where we're always fucking around and talking video games and stuff like that, and most importantly, out of all those things, you support me, and you support Remember the Game Industries, okay, because I'm just one nerd in his spare bedroom with too much time on his hands, churning out three, fucking podcasts per week and as you may notice we don't run a ton of uh, boring ads on the show or anything we run the odd one if it's something i really believe in i'll run an ad there may or maybe not be one coming up a little bit later that's really really good i promise but we don't run very many you guys know what happens when you listen to those other podcasts with fucking 400 ads for goddamn mattresses and blankets and fucking viagra and shitty razors and all that boring stuff we don't do that okay? So just keep that in mind. Instead of throwing your change into a fountain and wishing for a PlayStation 5 that you're not going to get anyway, throw it at me. I'll take your fucking change. Almost 150 of you have. So thank you so much. Patreon.com slash remember the game. Just two dollars, okay? You support me. You get my eternal praise and gratitude. You can't put a price on that. Okay, well, yeah, I guess you can, and it's 2 bucks. but either way. Um, as I said, one of the perks is you get exclusive access to our weekly podcast expansion pass. Last Sunday was episode 35, and it was a mini indie review, and I did spoiler-free reviews of three indie games that I really, really love, three completely different games, Steam World Dig 2, Into the Breach, and Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, uh, and there was great feedback on that, so thank you so much. This week, for episode 36, our Patreons actually got to pick the topic, and after a hard-fought poll, two lawsuits, several recounts, all the smoke is cleared, all the ballots are counted, and the winning topic is the top 10 games that I should love, but don't. So that will be this Sunday's podcast. Uh, and for those of you that have asked, you can actually see an entire list of all of the Expansion Pass episodes over at RememberTheGamePodcast.com. So uh, yeah, patreon.com slash rememberthegame. Thanks a lot. Oh yeah, and I'm, on, and I'm on Twitch. You should. That's free. You should come by and say hi. I'm on there Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sunday nights from 8 to 11 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I play video games. I talk to you guys. I usually spend more time talking to you guys than I actually do playing video games. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And I had mentioned last week that my streaming schedule... Might get a little fucky uh for due to comedy but comedy isn't comedying right now it's not a problem for me anymore so I will be around at those exact times and don't forget December 18th and 19th is our rescheduled date for the 24-hour twitch stream for extra life to help raise money for the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton it's a great cause so I'd love it if you came by and said hi because no matter where you live in the world I'm on there for 24 hours so at some point you'll be sitting on the toilet with nothing to do during that 24 hours so just put twitch on your phone find us we're at member the game not remember member the game over on twitch come by give me a hard time we can raise some money for the children's hospital and you can watch me swear and eat donairs with your family it'd be a lot of fun Uh, and that's good enough that's enough blowing myself let's blow you guys you know how it works let's blow in some cartridges it is our opening segment here on the show I read a few comments and questions from our patreons usually gaming related but not always Uh, and we call this segment blowing in the cartridge and dude for the second week in a row we got a ton of messages more than I can read which is so dope so thank you all so much I do try to get everyone on the show as regularly as possible so if you don't get read keep trying I promise I will get you on the show soon thank you so much for the messages let's kick this thing off and the first message First, blow the first cartridge for me to blow this week is Ryan Kinchin's cartridge. Ryan wrote in and said. How do you feel about episodic games like Hitman, Telltale Games, and more recently the Final Fantasy VII Remake? Do you prefer games of that size and scale, chopped up into manageable chunks and released quarterly, yearly, whenever they come out? Or would you prefer the developer to just take longer to finish the game and just drop a beast on us that'll easily soak up 100 plus hours of our time? As someone who waited on Kingdom Hearts 3 for 13 goddamn years, I understand games of that size require a lot of time to create, polish, and perfect, but on the other hand, one of my biggest gaming pet peeves as cliffhangers and god knows episodic games do that the best thank well 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 well, well writ well written ryan I, well written ryan say that 10 times fast uh good question man i think i think for the most part i i have zero i don't have i don't really have a big beef with the episodic approach for the most part like to use final fantasy 7 remake and to use that as an example like i i desperately want to play part two of final fantasy seven remake right now like i would do some ungodly things to get my hands on that game uh but i will say dude by the time i finished part one i had probably put almost 40 hours into it and i was ready to play something else i was like that was you know it's like i pushed back from the table lit a smoke i was like i'm full that's that's enough for me so um i i don't hate the episodic uh approach to video games i really like witcher 3 a lot but it's just too much. It's too big for me. I didn't I just I never finished it. There's so much content there, quality content that I probably would have paid them for a second game. If they had made Witcher 3 40, 50, 60 hours long, ended on a cliffhanger and then put the rest of it into a second game, I probably would have bought the second one and I would have split it into two bite-sized chunks, well not bite-sized, but two meals and I would have been okay. You know, I prefer that over a 100 plus hour thing that takes up a month and a half of my fucking life. Um, and you said that cliffhangers are your pet peeves. Uh, I'm not on the same boat as you. I actually really, really like them when they're done right. You know, not to spoil anything, even though it's an old game, but the ending to Halo 2 is a cliffhanger, and I thought it was executed fucking perfectly i love that ending and i really like that feeling of anticipation once you get the cliffhanger and you can't wait for the next one you know my my only real beef with the episodic game is is when they clearly could have fit everything into one 40 or 50 hour package and they stretched it up split it up and used it to get more money uh and admittedly i can't even think of an example of that but that would be an example of something that would piss me off if you're like if you're going to hit me with a cliffhanger and you expect me to shell out you know, another 60 or 80 bucks for a second game, then your fucking game had better be a 10. You know what I mean? Like, it's a it's a ballsy move. But on that note, like, I found that I either like a game enough to buy and play another one, or I probably didn't make it to the cliffhanger ending in the first place because I thought the game wasn't, you know, it just wasn't my jam and I wasn't feeling it. So, I guess a very short answer to a very long explanation is i i have no problem with episodic games if they're done well and if they're not done well then i don't really it doesn't bother me because I, I probably didn't finish your fucking game to find out that it's episodic to begin with so thanks for writing in ryan good question man i like that uh og big titus wrote into us and said can you pick a goat year of gaming and i guess if you're old like me or i guess older than me because i'm old and i know but goat is greatest of all time so can i pick a greatest of all time year for gaming not off the top of my head, to be honest with you. I mean, I know it's probably not the answer you were looking for, but I, I just like I'd really have to flip back and and look at what came out each year and stuff. I I, I would like to do that. Um, you know, maybe that would make a great episode of Expansion Pass someday, as ranking the greatest years in gaming when I actually sit down and look at what games came out, what years and stuff like that. Uh, from a personal perspective, twenty twenty has been a fucking great year for gaming. You know, I I think that the shitstorm going on outside of the gaming bubble probably made the air in the gaming bubble that is 2020 seem better than it is because I didn't want to fucking deal with anything else. But 2020, I thought, was actually a pretty solid year. Um, I'll do that down the road. I'll rank them and, and do an episode of Expansion Pass about that after I've done some homework. For the sake of answering your question, Titus, I'll say whatever year I got my SNES is my goat year. But I can't remember what year that was because I know we didn't get it the year it came out. So uh, half-assed answer. Good question. Then I'll give you a better answer for months from now when I do an episode. and forget to give you credit for giving me the idea. Thanks for writing in, buddy. Uh, Stupid Monkey wrote in to us on Patreon and said, Who wins in a hot dog eating contest? Mario, Wario, Yoshi, Bowser, Sonic, Big the Dumb Cat, Kirby, or one of those Japanese guys that looks like a twig but can eat a million hot dogs in 30 seconds? Hmm, in the, in, if we're talking real life, if all those video game characters came into the real world, then I think my money is on the twig guy, the quick eating twig guy. But if we're talking in the gaming universe, I think I got to go Kirby. Uh, I was going to say Bowser because he's so big, but like we never actually see him eat. That could all just be a glandular thing. Uh, whereas Kirby just fucking swallows everything right like he he's like that Joey Chestnut guy but he didn't have to dip him in water he just like and they're like I just swallowed really loud you probably couldn't pick that up on the mic um so that'd be probably my pick would probably be Kirby um yeah yeah I'm gonna go Kirby fuck yeah even in real life maybe Kirby I think real life Kirby Kirby would be fucking horrifying but yeah I'm gonna go with that and then, uh, yeah, good question, Ty- or stupid monkey. I like that. Uh, and then finally, you guys know I like to end blowing in the cartridge with uh, one letter that wins the prestigious letter of the week, letter time, letter spot. And with that said, you guys, uh, it's letter time. It's letter time. And this week's letter comes in from Andre SJA Flash, who wrote into us on Patreon and said, How do you feel about officially moving the Game Awards to January as it should be? I think it's silly where it is currently. It's effectively disqualifying end-of-the-year games that uh, that then subsequently have no chance of being remembered uh, for the conversation the following year. Fuck, Andre, you're a very intelligent person, but your fucking, your note contains too many big words that I am too stupid to read. Um... So it effectively disqualifies end-of-the-year games that then subsequently have to be have no chance of being remembered for the conversation the following year. This happened to Jedi Fallen Order last year, and it will happen to Cyberpunk 2077 this year. I do think Cyberpunk will hold the attention of the gaming world for longer than Fallen Order did, but I still think that the game will suffer come time for the awards next year. Uh, you know what? It's interesting to me, actually. Flash, I I like. So, guys, quickly, if you don't know, uh, a lot of gaming media sites and a lot of you know, uh, gaming news sources, stuff like that. Uh, They award their Games of the Year titles in December. The Game Awards themselves, like the big show, uh, is streaming on December 10th, I believe, this year. So games that release in December are SOL, which, as Flash mentioned, is what's going to happen to Cyberpunk 2077 this year. And obviously, there's no guarantee that Cyberpunk would have won Game of the Year, but I'm certain it would have been a contender. And now it literally has to go wire to wire and hope that it holds up. And 12 months from now, after a year of PS5 and Xbox Series X games, we remember cyberpunk. So that's a tough spot for them to be in. And uh, I think it's dumb, quite frankly. This like, this will be the first year that Remember the Game Industries has awarded its official game of the year title. Um, I, you know, Last year, I did say that Fire Emblem Three Houses was my game of the year, but I didn't do a full podcast or anything about it, which I do plan to do this year. I, I will be doing an episode of Expansion Pass where I rank my top X games of the year at 10 or whatever it ends up being. And it'll probably be the first Sunday in January. On expansion pass because it's not game of the eleven months, it's game of the year. So finish the fucking year. I don't understand. I don't get why. I don't like it. I don't get it. And that shit is not gonna fly here, you know. Like not not at fucking remember the game industries. Um, and I guess at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. I don't like. I mean, I can't imagine too many people buy a game just because it says game of the year on the box. I'm sure it helps a little bit. It's a nice honor but I don't think it's, I don't get, I I don't know. I, I guess at the end of the day, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but I don't understand the logic behind it. I agree with you 100% Flash, and that shit's not happening here. We'll be awarding our game of the year when the calendar says that that year is over. So in early January, 2021 um that said i'm not gonna have time to play cyberpunk so i guess it's kind of in the same boat anyway it's not like it's gonna make my fucking contenders list because i'm not gonna have time to play it um i don't think that's gonna win my game of the year anyway i i kind of get lukewarm on those i'm not that excited about cyberpunk i'm sure it's gonna be rad i'm not saying it's gonna be a bad game at all but i'm just looking at it like witcher 3 and i'm like i'm never gonna have time to finish this fucking game this is there's fucking two months of my life getting pumped into that game to finish it so but anyway yes we'll be awarding ours in january i think that's when they should be awarding it to begin with you and i are on the same fucking page here my friend and that's enough blowing this week thank you to all of you that wrote in as always i appreciate it i'm sorry i couldn't read everybody keep sending them in promise you you'll get on the show sooner than later um and that'll do it for that let's move into our smash hit segment the official game show remember the game industries play one remake one erase one thank you as always to classic concentration from the original nes for unknowingly providing us our uh, official theme music for play one remake one erase one i shouldn't call it the original nes i should just call it the nes but anyway it doesn't matter It bothers me when other people do that but then i fucking do it anyway uh the rules are simple you guys each week i give our listeners three retro video games they can play one as it was released they can remake one as a modern, current-gen AAA game. And the third game is erased from history forever. And this week, I figured since we're talking Zelda anyways, I'm sure most of our listeners are Zelda fans. Let's just stick with that theme. Uh, this is our old Zelda games that haven't already been remade and aren't Ocarina of Time edition of the show. And our contenders are the original Legend of Zelda for the NES, Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link for the NES, and The Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask, for the nintendo 64 as always there are no wrong answers but there is a correct one i'll tell you what that is in a minute um and for the record just quickly some of you have pointed out that majora's mask has already been remade i respectfully disagree i look at the 3ds version as just a remastered port to be honest like links awakening on the switch final fantasy 7 remake the resident evil 2 resident evil 3 those are remakes Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're remaking the original Legend of Zelda, like, it's going to look... Like, if you were to remake Majora's Mask, that's what everyone's arguing, uh, to me, a remake of Majora's Mask would be Majora's Mask looking like Breath of the Wild, not Majora's Mask looks like the Nintendo 64 Majora's Mask, but on the 3DS. So, that's different. That doesn't count. So, that's what I'm trying to say here. Um, Thank you, as always, to everyone that played. We literally had... Over two dozen replies this week Which is the most we've ever had I can't read all of them But I will read a few And this one caused some beef man There was some Very hotly contested Some of you were arguing with each other Respectfully Which is nice In the Patreon page Fucking nailed it Because some weeks you guys say It's too easy And I'm glad that that was not the case This time around So I'll get to a few of yours Then I'll tell you mine Mulverine Films Wrote into us on Patreon And said Erase Zelda 1 As long as there is no as long as long there is no Back to the future-esque consequences Deleting all future entries then erase this one besides nostalgia it's not worth a replay and it's not robust enough to warrant a remake the fact is link to the past did everything that this game tried to do better not slamming zelda one it's iconic revolutionary and a good game but if we were introduced to the series with link to the past and no predecessors i don't think we'd miss zelda one Uh, I'd play Majora's Mask, remapping buttons to a new controller would render this game totally worth a replay, and I would remake Zelda 2 as a better Metroidvania version of what Zelda 2 was, similar to Guacamelee. I'd play that a thousand times more than Hyrule Warriors. Um, You know what, okay, so I I like that we've never officially decided what the Back to the Future style consequences of erasing a game on this show are. Uh, I feel like it's, it should stay that way, and I'm going to leave it that way. I'm never going to definitively say what happens. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, by erasing a game, you're completely gambling on and taking the chance that it won't wipe out future entries. So that's the risk-reward you take by choosing which game you're going to erase. Uh, and I also totally agree with what you said, Mulverine. Uh, it's a great point, actually, that if if the Legend of Zelda series had launched with a link to the past on the Super Nintendo, I like we wouldn't miss the first two. I can totally get on board with that logic, and I get what you're saying there. Uh, thank you for playing, my friend. Uh, you're wrong, though. It's not the right order. At least that's not my order. And you guys know my order is the right order, and because I'm the game show host. I make up the rules. Uh, Vincent L. wrote into us on Patreon and said, Remake Majora's Mask. Haven't played it yet, but I'd love a Switch remaster. I'd play the original Zelda, because it's the one that started it all. And I'd erase Zelda 2, because I can only handle one 2D Zelda, and the OG one is good enough for me uh full points vincent quick precise solid reasoning totally on board uh i guess if i got to poke a hole in your thoughts is that if you can only play one 2d zelda you should play link to the past not the original zelda but i digress solid arguments uh well played my friend uh, morgan wrote in and said erase adventure of link because i never played it anyways play the original zelda on the switch so i can rewind my mistakes and then remake majora's mask it was definitely the dark horse of the series so, uh, thanks for writing in Morgan. I actually agree 1 billion percent with Morgan that if you're going to play the original Legend of Zelda, play it on the Switch. It is, it's, the rewind is handy, uh, but uh, my primary reason for saying playing it on the Switch is because it's a very long and grindy game if you don't know where to go and playing it handheld and being able to just put it to sleep and put it down whenever and then pick it up, it's just, it makes it so much more enjoyable to be able to wander around that map aimlessly while you're looking at, you know, watching a, uh, fucking baseball game or something on TV oh yes that is where it's just like a long jrpg man playing it on the switch is the definitive way to play the original legend of zelda uh good call morgan Uh, A couple more here, and then I'll tell you the right answer. Uh, What do we got? Uh, Very cool dude wrote into us on Patreon and said, Play Majora's Mask. It's the Super Mario Sunshine of the Zelda universe, which means it's the second best one. Remake Zelda 2 is a massive RPG. That game is actually pretty cool, and a remake might get some people into it. And the only obvious choice is to er erase the original Zelda. We can all play the better version called Breath of the Wild. Um, so you know what? I I don't agree with your order, but I do agree with some of your logic. I've said myself, I might've actually said it on the, the episode we did about the original Legend of Zelda a couple years ago. Uh, Breath of the Wild feels like a remake of that first game, kind of. Like I, like I, I love thinking like Breath of the Wild is what, they envisioned the original zelda being they just clearly didn't have the capabilities to do it so i'm totally on board with that logic i also agree that majora's mask is the mario sunshine of the zelda franchise i disagree that it's the second best ever so i don't agree with your order totally understand where you're coming from though very cool dude well done uh zane donovan wrote into us and said easy one this week i play legend of zelda as it is i have many memories of playing this game and exploring finding new dungeons this is by far my favorite nes game I would remake Majora's Mask because I feel it got boring quick and I couldn't get into it the few times I tried. But multiple friends have said to me, it's a good game, just give it more time. So maybe a remake and a fresh look might keep me entertained and hooked. And I had to race Zelda 2. It's a turd. I'm sure, (laughs) I love that word. It's a turd. I'm sure most people feel like it's not even a Zelda game. Um, And you know what's funny about that is like we have people writing in saying Majora's Mask is weird and a turd. And we have people writing in saying Zelda 2 is weird and a turd. Like you've got to decide which one is less turd um or more turd if you're into turds as well i guess uh but i get where you're coming from and then uh we're gonna wrap this up with a couple people that had the same thought geek life radio wrote in and said play the original i still jump in and play this one occasionally and it's great remake zelda 2 it'd be awesome to get this as a breath of the wild type game and get rid of majora's mask gamers say they like this game just so that they can try to sound cool in front of the rest of the world that game fucking farted uh that's the first on this show that that game farted i'm a little surprised and a little alarmed at the amount of you comparing zelda to bowel movements and sounds because like zelda is such an iconic franchise uh but i get your logic there Uh, (laughs) calling a game a fart will get you read on this show Um, no one cares wrote in and said play the original zelda it's my second favorite link to the past is my favorite uh, remake zelda 2 there's plenty of room for improvement erase majora's mask i tried to like 3d zelda games but i just can't get into them what's wrong with me absolutely nothing no one cares and i'm gonna read one more and then i'm gonna touch on that but absolutely nothing is fucking wrong with you uh, except not liking breath of the wild or wind waker. You got to like those two 3d, but anyway, uh, Nick Sills wrote in and said, I'd play the original Zelda because without it, there wouldn't have been a link to the past, which for my, in my opinion is the best Zelda game ever made. I'd remake Zelda two, because it'd be cool to see a modern version of a Zelda vania 2d Zelda. I would also take the difficulty of that game down a few notches. Me as well. Uh, and I would erase Majora's Mask. As a kid, I had to play; I had time to play Majora's, but as an adult, I just don't have the patience. I recently played it on my 3DS. It's a beautiful game, and the core Zelda aspects are great. The special abilities that each, each mask grants is awesome as well. The 3DS version did a great job at streamlining a lot of the cumbersome aspects from the Nintendo 64 version, like the quest log, the dual screen nature, the 3DS, etc. If you're going to play it again, play the 3DS version. But even with all those upgrades, I found it a slog to complete. And shout out to all three of you, along with uh, Keegs779988, Slick Rick, and Robert Lippa for all nailing it. That is the fucking correct order. I totally agree with everything all of you guys just said. I would play the original Zelda. I know some people think it's old and it's shitty, uh, but I've played played through it for the first time a couple years ago to get ready to record our episode of Remember the Game about it. I played it on my Switch, and I actually really, really liked it a lot. Like, I will play it again. No question. I fucking really was surprised by how much i liked that game i thought it was a lot of fun um i'd remake zelda 2 the adventure link i i think it's weird as well like all you guys do but i really really do love the rpg mechanics and i actually kind of like the art style of it as well and i think that game could be dope as fuck if you just cleaned it up and made it not impossible to beat so i would also i would remake zelda 2 and then i'd erase majora's mask and listen I, I really I really don't like when people take games that are special to me and they shit on them. If I tell someone I really like a game and then somebody else shits on it, I, like instead of, if you want to be like, I fucking hate that game or I don't like that game, that's one thing, but to like come down on it, that like, I get that it's all in good fun and it's just video games, don't take it too serious, we're all just joking around, I get it. But I, but I also understand that some people have special connections to their video games. I have that with some of my video games. So I'm not gonna sit here and just shit all over Majora's Mask I, I I'm not gonna do that but I'm just gonna respectfully say that I don't get it I don't particularly like it it doesn't click with me I don't I don't want to play it uh, and if you're going to remake a game from that era the Nintendo 64 Zeldas I would much prefer an Ocarina of Time remake to Majora's Mask but that's just me so that's I'm trying to be nice about it. I don't want to be a jerk. So that's my answer. Thank you to all of you that played. I'm sorry I couldn't read all of them on here. I really do try. Keep playing. And I'm not calling any of you jerks if you called Majora's Mask or Adventure of Link or whatever a turd. I'm not calling you guys jerks. I'm just saying I didn't want to... You know, I, I'm the one I'm the one with the microphone. I don't want to hurt everyone's feelings because I know to some people that game's special. Even though it is... It's a special turd. It's a turd, but it's a special turd, you know? So, see, I can't help myself. Anyway. Um... So that'll do it for that, and before I get into what I've been playing, a lot of you have been texting me, messaging me about the Super Mario Brothers 3 story, and I want to talk about it quickly. Uh, if you don't know, a factory-sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers 3 sold last week for $156,000 US, which, quick math, I think is about infinite Canadian money. 156000 American converts to, yeah, I think infinite Canadian. But anyway, it's a lot of money. Uh, and the game is factory sealed. So that means it's got the original plastic that it came in, that it was on the wall with. The box has never been opened. Nothing in it has ever been touched. And it was graded, which is something that people do with comic books, sports cards, now video games. You, you send them away and experts, and I say that in, you can't see the air quotes, but imagine I'm doing like the Dr. Evil, Chris Farley, fucking like over the top air quote experts give these items conditions uh, a score out of they, they rank the items condition out of 10 they seal it in a clear case to preserve it they send it back and apparently it makes it much much more valuable um, now this game was special this copy of Super Mario Brothers 3 that sold. Because it's the, the early copies of Super Mario Brothers 3 have the word BROS on the cover printed on the left side of the logo as opposed to the right. And that only happened with the early copies then they moved it over. So those copies are worth a little bit more money to collectors. Um, that said, this game is the rare variant of the logo. It is factory sealed. It's been graded like a 9.2 and socked in a slab where it can't be hurt. Do I still think it's crazy to pay that kind of money on for a video game? absolutely no question but hey if you've got $156,000 to blow who am i to tell you how to spend it you know I've, i'll never even see $156,000 so who the fuck am i to tell you what you should do with your money I, I think it's a little crazy to spend it on a video game that you can't open or play or touch but i digress that's just my opinion now the thing is the company grading video games these days is called wata w-a-t-a and this is this is and i've talked about them on the show before this is my sticking point here I'm not a sealed anything collector. Even when I was into hockey cards and stuff like that, I never sent them away. I never got them graded. Uh, I I have less of an issue with getting a hockey card or a, a baseball card or whatever graded because... Like There's nothing in the box that you can never get out or anything like that. It's just a fucking sports card that you can still read and everything. Um, But these WADA guys, they have been grading video games for a little while now. And some people in the business think they're pretty shady. I I actually kind of do, myself included, frankly. Uh, I think that they're kind of creating their own market by grading these old video games. And I... And I can't find a definitive story, but my understanding is that there's at least at least at least rumors, if not confirmation, that they've actually done some of the bidding and buying and trying to sell some of these games. I want to say they were on Pawn Stars once and they tried to sell a sealed graded original Super Mario Brothers for like a million dollars. And that was just them basically just trying to hype up, hey, our graded games are worth a ton of money. Do you know that's what I think they're doing. Um and if that's the case, they're just setting prices for a hobby that they've created and uh and i can't stand it and fr- i have no faith in the job they do they have authenticated fake games in the past look it up it's all it's it's just you're supposed to be that's why i said experts in air quotes you're grading these you're supposed to be the experts people are sending these to you expecting you to confirm they're realists they're not realists and or whatever uh realism and, and then fucking locking them in these slabs so that people can can sell them or preserve them and you can't tell the difference between fakes and reals so who the fuck am i why would i spend all this money on a game that you've declared to be legitimate awesome when i'm like you don't even know what a fucking legitimate game is you know what i mean i don't do you if you want to use what they they do or buy what they produce or fucking whatever i'm not saying they're doing anything illegal i'm not saying don't do it personally even if i was into buying graded sealed video games i'd walk right by their stuff anything with their name on it i just have zero faith in what they do i think they're just helping to drive up the prices of the games that they grade to get more people to grade more games and make more money and I think they've created a market that shouldn't exist and they control it and fuck that. That's my opinions on it. Um, So there you go. And, and 100, like $156,000 for a game that you can't even touch. I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. If I had $156,000 to spend on video games, I'd get a PS5. I'd fucking find a, that's what I would do. I'd find a PlayStation 5. That's what I would do with $156,000 American But anyway, I just, a lot of you have been sending that story to me and I wanted to quickly touch on it and give you my thoughts. So, uh, what have I been playing? And then we're going to get into Link to the Past. Uh, I'm still playing, I actually haven't played a lot. This last week I had a lot of comedy shows. I have not played very many video games at all this last week. I'm still thinking around Wasteland 3. I I really want to finish it, but God, I love it. Like, I'm not in any hurry to finish it. Um, I, I I've, I've. God damn it! I've come close to beating Hades on my Switch. It's fucking so good. I just can't fucking beat it. I'm still playing Crash 4, but I'm right at the end of it. At least of a base run. I would like to go through and try to 100% it. One of the hardest video games I've ever played. It's, I can't even fathom the idea of 100%ing it, but I'll probably try. Uh, I'm still playing some Tetris Effect when I need to calm down because I like that game. And it's very relaxing. And I've started playing Blaster Master. I'm mostly on my Switch to get ready for filming the Let's Play because it's the game you guys picked that I should play for the Let's Play. And Jesus Christ, that game's fucking possible. Like I, I'm gonna embarrass myself on this let's play this like it's going to be two episodes long because i don't think i can get past the first fucking level uh but i really like it it seems like a really fun game i would have loved it as a kid um and that's it that's what i've been playing long enough intro let's get into the link to the past talk you guys know i like to give you nerds a chance to share some of your thoughts on the games before i indulge myself and ramble for a while and uh, so just quickly we again we got a ton of comments i love how passionate people are about this series uh, Robert Lippa wrote in on Patreon and said, I would say that this is the game that turned me into a fan of the Zelda franchise. While the original will always be my favorite, this game took what the first game had and amped it up through storytelling, graphics, and gameplay. I remember spending hours doing nothing but exploring and finally defeating Ganon. Such a great game. The intro when the Master Sword crashes through the Triforce still gives me chills to this day. Fucking right Robert. I actually love that intro too. Like I can hear it in my head. You can all fucking hear it. If you've played this game, you can like the the you know, like the Na, 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 na. And then it, I, I can't do it. But you guys, I've hit puberty. I can't do the high pitched sounds. But you guys know what I'm talking about. I love that too, Robert. Wolverine Films wrote in and said, I remember how I got my hands on this cartridge, but I can say from the moment I turned it on for the first time, I was blown away by how epic it seemed. The beginning's a little lackluster. I couldn't get a hang of the combat, but once you get out of the sanctuary, the game opens up. It's my first true, it was my first true nerd out moment. I've spent countless hours exploring, talking to everyone, figuring out how to defeat different enemies, getting killed by those fucking boulders on the mountain. He didn't say fucking, but I added that in. I spent time at school with friends talking about how to get past certain parts, what I'm supposed to do next, or talking about secrets. This might be the first game I I ever 100% completed from beginning to end the final boss is a bit of a letdown but it was fine overall I love this game and I try to play it once a year or so uh, fucking rights, Smolverine I fuck I hate those I bring that up on the podcast god damn it I hate those boulders up on fucking death mountain but I love this game as well uh keeg779988 says probably my favorite game of all time some of my first memories are playing this with my uncle which meant watching him until i was old enough to play i played through it at least once a year and have even done a randomizer a couple of times such a solid game with tight controls fucking writes keegs i really would like to try a randomizer of this game where they mix up where everything is that sounds fucking awesome and then gary c wrote into us and said oh my god i don't know where to start when it comes to this phenomenal game which remains to this day my all time favorite my snes is the first console i paid for myself after months of saving saving pocket money, birthday money, etc. I remember reserving it at a store and the guy remembering me when I went down to pick it up. I only had enough money to buy one game to go with it, and that game was linked to the past. I loved the shiny gold box art, and when I placed it into my Super Nintendo, I sat mesmerized as the Triforce started gently spinning around before the Master Star drops down. Boom, there it is again. Everybody loves that fucking intro. Uh, I remember my name and watched the intro as my character awoke, amazed by the graphics. Those first moments of the game when you're walking around in the rain with no weapons, no idea where to go, will stay with me forever. Throughout the game, there's just the right balance between exploration and subtle hints, so you're always able to progress. And the music, wow, the music. This is the one game that is almost single-handedly responsible for my love of the hobby, and I could spend hours talking about it. I cannot wait for this episode. Thank you for sharing that, Gary. Great write-in, And you don't have to wait any longer, my man. Bradley McHugh and I are going to talk some Link to the Past right fucking now. Let's cue up that, oh, the music. And let's go attack some chickens with The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, which originally released in North America way back on April 13th. 1992 kick back relax you guys let's talk legend of zelda listen up you hot dogs we're going to get to link to the past in just a second but i want to give a huge shout out to analog brewing here in edmonton for teaming up with remember the game Analog Brewing is an Edmonton-based brewery that churns out delicious beer. And what's rad about them is they're gaming nerds just like me and you. All their beer has dope video game referencing names. They have awesome artwork on their cans. If you live in Edmonton, you've probably seen it somewhere. And they deliver as well. They offer next day home delivery, Wednesday through Saturday evening in Edmonton and surrounding areas. It's a 24 can minimum outside of Edmonton and delivery is free if you spend $40 or more. It's great beer. If you're Albertan, you probably drink anyway and craft beer is so much better than the big name mass produced garbage out there. I drink their beer. I support their beer. They support the show. And if you live in or around Edmonton, show them some love. Hit up analogbrewing.ca. And don't forget to mention the podcast in your order, please. That way I can make a couple of bucks too. You're going to drink over the holidays. So support me, support local, support Analog Brewing. Analogbrewing.ca. Mention the podcast in your order. Thanks a lot. Now let's talk video games. Alright, so this, as I will have already said in the intro probably numerous times, is the third edition of our revisited series where we go back and look at the games that we covered back in the early days of the podcast before I knew what I was doing. And uh, this week we are talking one of the greatest video games of all time, for my money the greatest Zelda game of all time, and joining me via the, uh, the bat phone here is longtime friend of the show, guest, Patreon supporter, and all-around good guy, my buddy Bradley McHugh. How's it going, buddy? How are, good, how are you, man? I'm Good. I was gonna say I'm great, but I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm, per, I'm <laughs> yeah, very good. I'm good. I mean,
1: we we are still living in plague world, yeah. but everything else is good. Yeah, I'm like a hard. I'm a hard eight right now. I'm hard eight. Yeah, it's actually. You know, what? it's actually been a shockingly good year to be a gamer.
0: Isn't fuck? Isn't that the truth, man? Fuck, fuck. me. And it's like, and it's so funny because there's like all these killer, great new games out this year, and like Cyberpunk is right around the corner, and everyone's like, oh my god, I can't! Like PS Five is out, Xbox Series X S is out. Everyone's all giddy and happy, and we're instead going to talk about a Legend of Zelda game from the early '90s, which, for my money, m- might be better than all of those other games. Might be. Might be.
1: Link to the Past? Oh, no, it's the best. Uh, yeah, for sure. It's one of the best games of all time.
0: Yeah, like, I, like listen, I'm sure Cyberpunk is probably going to be good, and I've loved a lot of great games out of 2020, but if you were like, hey, Adam, you could play any of the games that are coming out in 2020, or you could play Link to the Past, I'm like, I gotta go... I, got, I, I, I gotta stick with... Maybe it's my nostalgic ties, but I'm like, I gotta <laughs> stick with Link to the Past. I, I truly feel like this game is the Super Mario World of Zelda. I'm like, this is the perfect Zelda game. It's the perfect I, I Zelda agree. game. I
1: agree, and and uh, as uh, anybody who's listening to the show, if you listen to the show a lot, you're probably familiar with my brother, Mark. And from the episodes that he's on, you could probably tell that we grew up in a Zelda household. For yeah, it's, sure.
0: it's so funny because you uh, like, so yeah, Mark has been on the show since actually Mark is the guy I covered Link to the Past with way back on yeah. episode three of the podcast. That's fucked. That's like over two years ago. It's wild. Um, but you have been on me to be like, I want to cover a Zelda game. And I'm like, well, your fucking brother's already taken all of them and it's like
1: he's he's already called fucking dibs
0: yeah he's already taken all of them so then when i was like i want to revisit some of the early games and i was like link to the past is i would love that game i definitely want to revisit this game and so i messaged you first and i just was like hey we're gonna revisit link to the past i know you're a zelda and you like you were just like yeah fucking right it's like like,
1: when i got that text i was glowing dude i was like oh (laughs) hell yes because you know i've talked about a lot of series that i like on this show castlevania Mega um paper mario but Zelda, it truly is my first love.
0: Right, and it, like, so and like the thing about it is like because I, I hate, I like I get a little nervous, not nervous talking Zelda, but like I just I like the franchise a lot, but I know that I don't have the admiration for it that the diehard fans do. Like I'm lukewarm yeah. on a few of the entries. You, fuck Majora, I'm not even gonna open the Majora's Mask fucking box right now because I don't want to start a fight on this podcast today <laughs> about that game. I'll but throw I throw fists. I I'll throw oh, hands, dude. The fucking game makes me so mad. But that's not the point. The point is that like for my money, and I feel the same way about Mario. Like it's so funny because I I look at Super Mario World is the best Mario game of all time, and then I consider Mario Odyssey to be number two, and that's the Super Nintendo iteration and the Switch iteration. And I feel Absolutely. the exact same way about Zelda. I'm like, to me, Link to the Past is the best Zelda game ever made, and Breath of the Wild is number two. Like it's the Super Nintendo one, and then the the Nintendo Switch version. So I don't know, like it do, like is link to the past your, your number? It can't, is it your number one? You're more of a Zelda it's, fan than me.
1: Okay. So, uh, here's the thing. Is it linked to the past is one of the best games of all time, but it is my second favorite Zelda game. If it wasn't for wind waker, this would be the best Zelda game of all time.
0: So you go wind waker yeah, so. one link to the past two.
1: Yes, absolutely. Wow. Wind waker. Wind waker is my fucking shit. That's my, it's my favorite Zelda game, but link to the past is a close number two. And while I like Wind Waker more, it's a much bigger game, so it's harder for me to memorize. Yeah. Whereas this game, I've played it. So I play this game usually two or three times a year because you can plow through it in five six hours, um, if you if you know where you're going. Yeah. Um, so I have it like I have it memorized. Pretty much every time I play through it, I get all of the secret items and uh, like like the, the cape and and the all, all the canes. Yeah, yeah. Are you? Yeah. Are the canes, are the canes? Oh no, the, I think.
0: No, there's no, two, no, there's you,
1: two rods. You, there's the
0: ice rod and the fire rod in this one.
1: Yeah, and I think they're both required. But either way, um, and I try to get, like, all of the, the um, heart pieces as well. Um, uh, you know, like, yeah. it's just it, – this truly is, like, a game that – this was one of the first games I ever played, too, right? So um, it's just one of those games that's always really resonated with me. Right, right. Um, but oddly enough, and I think Mark told this anecdote when you guys first talked about it, but oddly enough, when we were kids – our parents bought us this game, but they accidentally bought us, like, the, the Quebecois version.
0: Yeah, you in did. French. <laughs> yeah. So, like, so was the game in French, or was it just, like, the instruction book and stuff was in French?
1: No, no, the game was in French. Like, the, all the dialogue was in French. Jesus. And so, like, now, obviously, like, obviously, I'm never going to play a French copy, like, because now it's just on, I'm, I'm going to play it on Switch every time I play it now.
0: Of course, yeah.
1: But, um... Yeah, like when we when we had the original cartridge, which we I don't we don't even have anymore. I have no idea what the hell happened to it. My my copy is in English now, dude. That um, has
0: to be that has to be not to interrupt you, but that's got to be a common like everyone like not everyone, but there's I bet you ninety percent of the people listening to our voices right now have no idea where their original versions of games are either they sold them to somebody or their parents gave them away or fucking something and it's like i know i feel like that with a bunch of my original like my original games and it breaks my heart as i'm like where i want want to know where my fucking the amount of hours i spent on this game as a child i want to know where the fuck my cartridge is now
1: yeah like so here that's that's the thing that fucks me up is like any game that i used to have that i now don't have that was like either traded in or something like somebody has that copy now yeah yeah. And somebody's playing it and they and and they're experiencing Zelda Link to the Past completely in French, but uh still 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 experiencing it.
0: Dude, I love that you guys played this game so obsessively as children not being able to read what was going on. Like that's funny to me that you played the French version and just oh, kept, and just like, well, this is fine. It's so good that we don't care. We'll play it in French. We don't give a shit.
1: Yeah, we, it was so good that we didn't need the hints. Right right we, we, we didn't need the hints we we fucking were able to figure it out i'm sure it took us a very very long time i barely <laughs> remember i was super young but uh, we did end up beating it like we got to ganon you know like from from the french dialogue that was given to us i love it so well that's... yeah so like the, go ahead the one the one part where you, like the guy is like go back in time and dig up the ocarina I I just think back to that, and I'm like, how in God's name did we figure that out?
0: Especially, like, pre-internet, where you couldn't just Google a walkthrough or something like that, right? Like, Mm. I remember, dude, so, okay, there's two things you brought up that I wanted to touch on. Number one, you mentioned that you could beat this game in five or six hours. And it's so funny to me because, like, I remember playing this game as a kid, and I played this game for, for fucking months and months and months and months and it's like and I I do remember beating it but there's no way I beat it in five or six hours but now yeah like I, I replayed it on my switch when it got added to switch online and yeah I probably beat it in I bet you my play time is five five and a half hours maybe and I just was like and I know that now I know where everything is and I know where to go and if I didn't I could google it and stuff like that but it's just like I I don't know it's like when you're a kid it's it's you it's it's like when it's like when you're a kid and you look at pro athletes and they just seem larger than life these huge almost superhero sized people that you're like wow yeah. and I feel the same way about the video games that I played as a kid where I'm like these were like these big giant crazy adventures and now it's like dude if I bought this game now for I, I, listen this game's fucking phenomenal but if I paid like 80 bucks for this game now and then beat it in 6 hours
1: I would be like that was great but what the fuck do you know what well, I mean? Was, like that was kind of like, and I don't mean to derail, but that's like kind of how I felt about about Link Between Worlds, which I thought was really great. And like, but I beat it so fast, and I was like, "This is 2013, and this game just came out. I paid full price for it, and I beat it in five hours. That's insanity."
0: Yeah, it just seems so.
1: And and even that,
0: like, and that's a different discussion for a different day about how. For better or worse, a lot of gamers, myself included, kind of relate length to value now. And I feel like that's kind of a, uh, like on one hand, yeah, like if I beat a game in five hours that I paid full price for, I'm like, well, what the fuck? I got kind of ripped off. But at the same time, like I have, kind of have a respect for games that are less than like 15 hours long because I'm like, my time is valuable and I can't play only 80 hour fucking ginormous RPGs. You know what I mean? Like sometimes there's something to be said for a game that I can beat in a weekend and be like, fucking rights. That was fun. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's, I don't know. I can well, see both
1: sides of that. One of the, one of the things that one of the, the games that always comes to my mind when I think about this is like, is portal. Um, and portal, uh, portal is like linked to the past where it's like, the game is so fucking phenomenal that you don't give a shit how short it is. Right. Right. Cause like, you're just you're like, like I can plow through a portal in under an hour now right i can do it in under an hour and at the end of every time i play portal i'm like god damn that was one of the fucking best games i've ever played
0: yeah yeah well and that's and like and to be fair like and again i haven't paid for this i have it on my super nintendo classic i have it on my nintendo switch like link to the past is fucking everywhere but every time i'm play i play it i'm like i don't even care how short it is like just what a it's comfort food to me like this game is yeah. just like super mario world it's just straight up comfort food um, yeah absolutely and then fuck there was another thing that you brought up and i can't remember the point i wanted to make about it I'm sure it'll come back to me. So anyway, uh, link to the past. If you guys, I guess, if by fluke you've never played this game, and I can't imagine there are too many people listening to this podcast that have not played this game. There's got to be a no. couple, but I can't imagine there's many. Um, it's it's one of the most iconic
1: video games ever.
0: It really is. Like I think I because I I have I have like. A major hard-on for the Super Nintendo. And anyone that listens to this podcast regularly knows that. And to me, the two games that are primarily responsible for that, the three, there's three games, and it's Super Mario World, it's this game, and it's actually Mega Man X. And the reason for that is those three games just look like their NES counterparts fucking exploded. You know what I mean? Like, the the gameplay is... They don't rely on gimmicks yet. They're not 3D. They don't need fucking crazy cameras and all these big open, you know what I mean? It's just, we just took a really fun video game and we were just able to make it better. And when you compare the original NES, a first ever Zelda game to Link to the Past, they're I and I and the same game in a lot of ways. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you walk around this oh, yeah. big open world, you kind of figure out where to go. It's a lot of puzzle solving and stuff. But it just looks like I'm looking at still images of this game right now, and I'm like, I don't give a shit what anybody says. This game is a primary example of why I say that the Super Nintendo was the absolute golden era of video games. Because I'm like, this game will never not look good.
1: Never. Oh, I I completely agree. And actually, here's why. And um, it's something that I thought that I thought about um, a few days ago when I was thinking about this game. Um, the Super Nintendo was the last era of 2D which means as far as 2D gaming goes it looked as good as it possibly could
0: Agreed yeah
1: And 3D gaming because because of how like because of how 3D gaming works and how like, so, like surfaces work and, and areas like they'll never get to the point where they're going to look the absolute best they can possibly look.
0: No, and yeah, and I agree with that 100%. Yeah, 3D gaming is always going to look a little bit. Be- I think we <laughs> dude, I think I mean, I don't know when. I think we will hit a point where 3D video games legitimately look better than real life like if maybe yeah, we're not it really already there. It's like a movie. Yeah, because TVs are so good at making them bright, colorful and fancy and everything. But like I agree with you. And they people are still making, look at like for an example, the new uh Super Mario Brothers games. Like people are still making two-dimensional video games, but I'm like there's a difference between these these games that look like they're CGI and the and the sprite-based 16-bit era. Do you know what I mean? Like and it's yeah. that and that's what I have just such an affinity and an admiration for is that sprite-based 16-bit style era of game that you're right just is it peaked like like the the Nintendo 64 didn't do this like it went it kind of started over but did them in 3D and like you look at these games and I'm like I don't give it like because kids today young kids today could play like an NES and they could play the original Legend of Zelda for example and be like this kind of sucks and it doesn't look that great and it's hard and you don't know where you're supposed to go. And I would, I'd, I mean, I'd slap them for showing disrespect to vintage video games, but then I'd be like, yeah, 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 of course. Right. But then I'd be like, yeah, I could see why maybe someone would look at this and be like, this is kind of ugly. Whereas I'm like, I don't give a shit what anyone says. You could show a link to the past to a 10 year old today. And they would be like, it looks neat. Like if, like if this game had never existed and it was released today as like an indie title, it would be, people would suck its dick all over and be like, this is one of the best looking indie games ever made. Like it looks so yeah.
1: beautiful. It looks like a cartoon. And then and then P, and there would be that conversation of like uh like if this came out now I think it would spark the conversation of uh indie titles versus um triple a as far as quality goes right yeah yeah um yeah that I being said that. when this game came out it was a fucking triple a this was what AAA games looked like
0: yeah dude and like could- yeah and you're right like this was like triple. A Like, we did not get this game for a long time when I was a kid. I remember my friend Matthew that lived across the street owned it, and we borrowed it a few times. And I had actually never really played a Zelda game before this, other than a little bit of Zelda 2 on the NES. That's all I'd played. But I remember yeah. borrowing this from my buddy and firing it up. And, I mean, and we've, we I th- we probably brought it up on Episode 3 the first time we did it. Everyone brings this up, but it's that moment when you walk out of your house and it's pouring rain, and you know you have to go to the castle. And it's just... That's such a fucking – for my money, that is among maybe the top five most iconic things in the history of video games ever. I,
1: oh, 100%. 100%, and I totally agree. Um, this game, it gives, you, it gives you like a sense that it's going to be a small-scale game to begin, and then you walk out that door and you're like, oh, no, no, no. This is gonna be this is gonna be huge. Yeah, yeah. And then This is gonna be a big fucking deal.
0: Yeah. And then so I mean, I guess there's gonna be some spoilers, guys. The game is fucking 30 years old, and you all know how Legend of Zelda games work. You gotta save Princess Zelda, defeat Ganon, get the Triforce. It's the same fucking thing every time. Absolutely. Um Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. Like when you walk out of the house and it's in the pouring rain, that's iconic. But then to me, the part where Zelda really Like I feel like that's almost like the the pre-show and then where the game really kicks in is after you beat that initial castle and then you go into the sanctuary uh, when you escape with Princess Zelda and then you walk out of the sanctuary into Hyrule Field for the first time and that fucking classic Zelda music that I'm sure I've already put into the podcast kicks in and that's when you can open your map for the first time because you have to go find the first elder or whatever it is with the green amulet. To me, that's the moment. Like, I love the iconic scenery, walks it into the rain. But the first time you bring up that, I remember being a kid and hearing that music and then opening that map and seeing that fucking huge world, which I know by today's standards doesn't seem so big. But back then, that world seemed so big. And just being like, holy fuck, there's a desert over there. There's a forest. I could climb up into this mountain. What are these woods over here? And it was like, I want to see every inch of this fucking world.
1: Every inch of it. And I think I think there's a big difference between like the size of the world in the original Legend of Zelda and the size of the world in this game, because the original Legend of Zelda had a pretty big world that had some stuff in it, but only some stuff. Yeah, this game, every screen has something unique from the previous screen.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, the original Legend of Zelda felt like a very and I like that game a lot, but it's a very big kind of empty world. Whereas this game, you're right, they, they crammed so much into this map, and and to me, that's my favorite thing about it is like there's literally not one area on this map that you can't go to. Like every, I I have to imagine when they were designing this game, like Shigeru Miyamoto and all them had like a giant fucking sheet of paper or something like a like a like a what are those fucking what's the paper called that's like a grid, like a blueprint. Yeah. No. No. Like you know, like the fucking uh there's so many people listening to this right now like you stupid fuck you know exactly what it's called it's like a sheet of paper where like everything is a square like it's not it doesn't just have the horizontal lines it has the vertical lines too like grid paper uh-huh. i guess is what it's called but like i'm sure it, that it, they i
1: think, I think it's called graph paper graph
0: paper yes i think that's it yes. and i'm fuck me you guys you don't listen to this show for intelligence you guys you listen to this show to hear me talk about video games you know that um <laughs> and i i have to imagine that they fucking had this entire overworld like drawn out and then they were just like okay well we don't have anything to do in this four by four square quadrant there's got to be something there like they don't waste a single fucking screen in this map there's not one map screen that's not that's wasted at
1: all well and what's and what's interesting what i like so much about this game is that you can tell and, and i think this applies to super mario world as well that this was the game that Miyamoto wanted to make yeah initially yeah this was the, this was it this was the one and he was like you know what there's just there's too many limitations let's just make the legend of zelda the way it is and then when this and then when the super nintendo harbor came out he was like oh i can and that 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 can even go back to super mario world again in the fact that yoshi was supposed to be in the original super mario brothers but he couldn't get it in there right and yes so like, it's very clear that Miyamoto saw the Super Nintendo and was like, holy shit, I can finally make the games I actually want to make.
0: Yeah, dude, that's a great point because that is what this feels like. This game feels like the original Zelda meta finally reached its potential. I agree with yeah. you. Like, that is what it feels like. And what I love about this game, and we haven't even gotten into the Dark World or anything yet, but what I really, one of the things I love about this game, and I like this about a lot of Zelda games, is uh, the it's it's got those, it's, metroidvania has become such an overused term in gaming but like Mm -hmm. zelda is kind of metroidvania like because there's so many places you can see on this map where you're like i can't figure out what the fuck i'm like until you can swim you can see all these things in the water but you're like i can't get to them yet do you know what i mean and once you get the ability to lift up giant rocks or once you get the ability to do the dash and then you can dash into the piles of rocks and blow them up and just and that kind of stuff and like it's to me like one of the, the the greatest ingredients in the secret sauce of this game and most Zelda games is the is every time you go into a castle and you get a new item or a new weapon it's like I don't know about you but like I cannot wait to get back onto the overworld and go fuck around with it in all these different places and see what I can get into now that I couldn't get into before
1: and yes. this, this this game, I, I actually, I'm so glad you brought that up because I totally agree with that. Like, the the way that you take mental notes when you play this game, you're like, oh, okay, so it looks like I need some sort of new item there, but I don't know what it is yet. I'll come back later. And then as soon as you get that item, it clicks. And this game and Ocarina of Time actually do that probably better than any game in history, um, where, like, you're on the overworld, you see something, you're like, not sure, not sure, no yeah. idea. But, but – I'm going to take a mental note. That's there. That's there. So I'm gonna. I'm definitely coming back to that. But then you end up making like 50 mental notes and you end up forgetting the first 10 mental notes. And then you stumble upon again later and you're like, oh, yeah, fuck, right, this.
0: Yeah, like the amount of caves that you see that you can't even go in yet because you're like, I can't yeah. get to that right now. Or you can go into the cave, but then you find out that that cave must be like the exit of a cave. And you're like, okay, well, there's got to be somewhere else. Where I could go, that would then, and then, and then you find that kind of shit. Like you go into the lost woods and you fall into a hole that puts you in a cave, and then you fucking come out of that cave back out on the overworld, and you're like, oh, this is how, this is what that fucking cave was. Do you know what I mean? Like in that kind of stuff, yeah. I love. You're constantly discovering things. You see heart pieces, and you're like, I have no fucking idea how to get to that heart piece, but you're like, I know it's there. I'll figure out a way to come back to it. Like it's just. Every fucking screen you go into, there's something different. There's a building with a fucking mini game in it, or you fucking can cons- once you, dude, like my favorite item in the game, at least as far as opening up the world, is probably when you get the flippers and you can swim. Cause I'm like oh, now, yeah. Oh God. Cause like, I don't know about you, but like I was swimming into literally every waterfall in the fucking game just to see if maybe I can go <laughs> into this waterfall. Maybe I can go under this waterfall and it's worth yeah. the time you spend doing it for the two waterfalls or whatever it is that you find where you're like, Holy fuck. There's something as soon as it does the loading screen where you go in, like I, you're just like, Oh my God, there's something else
1: in here. Like it, and, oh, then, uh, and then and then and then you have the fairy who's like throw something in, and you're like, I guess I'm throwing every item I have in yes! here just to check. Yes, I fucking
0: loved that because I love because you like the first time you find that fairy where she's like throw something in, and and you start throwing shit in, and most stuff she's like, I don't, you drop this, and just gives it she, back. She's-
1: She's like, watch your shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, but like, this, this it's, hit me in
1: the head, you asshole. Yeah,
0: exactly. But it's totally worth it because you're like uh, the like the three things that she's like, yeah, I can upgrade this for you, and you're
1: like, oh my god, I got a new thing. Like it's, I like, well, and, and uh, not only that, but like there are there are certain there are certain fairy fountain item upgrades that are necessary to beat the game, right. like the like, like the silver arrows, like yeah. you. You can't gloss over the fact that there are silver arrows. If you go into that, like, cause I can't, I can't imagine cause I don't remember cause I was so young, but I can't imagine the frustration of trying to figure out how to begin in the first time ever and not having those silver arrows. I'm being like, what the fuck? Ugh, right.
0: There's no internet. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the silver arrows, again, spoilers, you guys, but aren't this so, okay. So, cause I'm going to go into the two different trains of thought at the same time, but are the silver okay. arrows not. In that fucking pyramid thing in the dark world that you they can't are, get into but, forever.
1: Yeah, they, they, they are, but there's a certain place where you have to buy a mega bomb, and yeah. you can only buy one, and you have to bomb that wall with a mega bomb. A regular bomb won't do it, but it doesn't look that different from a regular bomb area. So you're putting bombs there, and you're like, well, what the fuck? Yeah, dude, I and literally. The, mega bomb, the yes. mega bomb doesn't even become available for sale until right before the turtle rock which is right near the end of the game so the entire game you're like how i don't know i'm not even gonna fuck with that because i don't know how to do it and then you stumble into that shop you have to stumble into that shop that's actually the dark world equivalent of your own house that's right and, and you have to get that thing and you have to transport it because when you transport it you can't fuck up it's 500 rupees or something like that i think it's 500 and you have to transport it all the way there and if you fuck it up once the thing explodes.
0: Yeah, that's right. Dude, I think that's such an ingenious touch and we'll get into the dark world now. That's a great way to transition into the dark world. Sure. But I, but I fucking love that every goddamn time you warp into that dark world like not I mean where wherever like you know when it launches you and you start out in the middle like at the at the pyramid or whatever and you see that wall and you have spent the entire game blowing up walls with these obvious cracks in them and it's like you try dashing into it you try throwing bombs into it and it's like and it, it's just, it's such a, it's a fucking tease. It's a tease for like three quarters of the game where they, they've taught you to look for these holes and then you find this obvious hole and no matter what you do, you can't open it. And then when you finally find that super bomb and you come back and open that hole in the wall, it is the most, it's, it's like getting a sliver out that has been in your fucking hand for this entire game. It's just, <laughs> and I love that the, and I just, and it's like, and you have, I have zero doubt in my mind it was a conscious decision by them to put that somewhere where it's impossible to not see and just yeah. fucking tease you with it for hours. It's such an incredibly smart way to, cause you're right. You need those arrows to beat the game, but they also put them in a place where it's like, you're going to get these. You know what I mean? It's like you, you, yeah. you, you're, you're going to, at some point your curiosity is going to be too much and you're going to find a way to open this fucking wall up. You have to, I love it, and,
1: and I think, I think the dark world in general is ingenious because you have this giant map that has something on it, like something on it in at every corner. And then they're like, what if, what if to save cartridge space and we can make the map bigger by having the same map again but with slight differences? Uh. And it's like, uh, yeah. and, and I actually like, I like it from a gameplay perspective too, because I love the idea that you go to the three different temples, you fight the three different bosses, you get the items from there, you get the pendants, you come there, and you're like, all right, I got the master sword, which is supposed to be the most powerful sword in the world, and now I'm going to go fight Agonum because that is the main villain of this game, and then I'll beat the game, and then they're like, no, yeah. No. You got no, no, buddy. You, 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 you haven't even touched this fucking thing yet.
0: Yeah, it's so like. I mean, you're right. Just the simple fact that they basically doubled the size of the game, just in principle, by adding the dark world, is awesome. Yeah. And then the way, like, they really took the the time mechanic of Ocarina of time and the way you can shift back and forth and things change. And they, they kind of did it with the Super Nintendo but it's just between the light and dark world. And once you really, like once you get a hold of the mirror and you start coming up with more ways to find different trans, like uh, portals to go into the dark world and then back to the light world and stuff like that, it just adds another aspect of exploration because now it's like, oh, that heart piece that I saw in the light world that I had no idea how the fuck I'd ever get up on that cliff, then you realize, oh, I have to go to the dark world, then stand approximately where the cliff is in the light world and then use my mirror to transport back to the light world, then I can get this heart piece and it's like what a fucking clever ingenious way to add more puzzles add more length add a whole second game basically to this game without having to design a whole nother map like it's well, so and, smart man
1: and, and another thing too about like just back on the uh, on the topic of what you were just saying about how smart it is is that the way that the light world and the dark world immediately affect each other so you can do something in the light world go to the dark world and something has been affected there that's I genuinely believe in 1991 was the most advanced video game mechanic in history. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. At that time, that was the most insane fucking thing that you could you could dig a hole in the light world, and then you go to the dark world, and there's something that you can fall into in that exact spot. Now, who the fuck came up with that? Yeah. Give him a raise. I, Give him some money.
0: Dude, I can't even imagine how complicated it must have been. Cause like, it's one thing to design the overworld and then have it play between the light and the dark worlds and the way they play off each other. But like, some of these caves and some of the... Especially up in Death... Fuck, I like. if I have one minor criticism of this game, it's that in the dark world in particular, I fucking hate going up into that mountain. I just fucking... Trying to traverse all these goddamn caves because I want to get everything. And I still, to this day, after probably beating this game 20 times, can't keep track of which caves go where in which world in the dark and the light. And it, And it's just like there's so... I can't even fathom how complex it must have been and obviously today with Skyrim and shit like that you look at this and you're like what the fuck are you talking about but back in 1992 (laughs) like I have to imagine they had that initial grid paper map of the light world and then I just always imagined they had like a plastic one they'd put over top that was the dark world and they were just like all these different, like, notes and fucking post-its everywhere saying, like, well, this cave could go from the light to the dark, but only with the mirror and the hook shining. It's so... There's so much meat on the bone in this game if you want to get everything. If you just want to run through it and beat it, you're right, it's a piece of cake. But, like, to get everything, which is the way you should play this game, uh, I I fucking it's like a never ending like explore it's I love the exploration in this game so much and usually I get frustrated with exploration but in yeah. this game I just want to keep exploring and every time you get a new item now not only do you want to see how that item works in the light world but now it's like well what the fuck could I do with this in the dark world like once I get a hold of the Pegasus boots and I get or I guess you get those before but any, you know what I'm trying to say as you get more items you're like well what the fuck can I do with this in that world at this area and then you're trying to remember how the fuck to even get to that area to begin with because you can't just go into the dark world anytime you want you have to find a portal to take you there
1: yeah, but you can go back to the light world at any time, which is like ki- is kind of like a, neat, uh, like a neat thing too because you can actually use that to like, there'll be certain spots in the dark world that are on the ground, but the light world equivalent has a ledge there. So you go and stand there and you go back into the light world and suddenly you're on this ledge that you weren't supposed to be able to get up on. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, um, dude. And actually, because you brought it up earlier, I fucking love the way, you know how you said you like dig a hole in the light world and it'd affect the dark world? I love when you go to the dark world and- People from the light world have transformed into. And what is it? Like that the dark world shows you who you truly are in whatever it makes you into yeah, or something it's, like
1: that? It's something like that, but everybody has turned into like an animal of some sort.
0: Yeah. Like I love that, that you see these people from the light world and what they've become in the dark world. There's like, they're, again, spoil. I, I gotta keep saying it. I, I'm not gonna keep saying it. It's fucking spoilers. Just fucking live with it. Um, the, it. <laughs> the way you can upgrade, or upgrade the Master Sword a couple of times, and the first way is you gotta find the. Um, that iron worker or the blacksmith's partner. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, and he's a frog in the dark world. So you have to go get him in the dark world as a frog, lure him back to the house, then transform him, And that, you know what I mean? And then they'll upgrade so Like that's such a clever little thing. I'll actually, my favorite part of the dark world is the village and the way the village yeah. is just a goddamn cesspool in the dark world. But it's like, yeah, it's like
1: post-apocalyptic almost. Yeah.
0: But it's so nice. And well, I mean, it's kind of nice and cheerful in the light world, except the guards hate you and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I fucking, ah, just well, such an ingenious like, mechanic,
1: man. And that's like the, uh, another thing I love so much about this game is that this is probably the first time you might say Zelda two, but I would say this is the first time that Zelda really focused on a story aspect. Um, and almost like, almost like a lore aspect yeah. to the game. Yeah. Um, because all of the characters are very unique. And uh, one thing that I really, really love about this game is that there's uh, all of the people who are in the dark world. They're like they're the true inner versions of themselves are people who came to the dark world in search of power. And there's that uh, the flute guy who came to the dark world in search of power. And when you talk to him, he he has he's been so deformed that he actually turns into like a tree because he's his heart is so like fucked up and filled with like regret and anger and frustration that he just he can't function anymore and he has to and he dies like it's it's a pretty intense game as far as story goes and there is there is a lot to it like if you're gonna play this game before you press that start button make sure you wait for the little intro video that tells you everything or else you're not gonna know what the fuck's going on
0: yeah I agree with that and you could play it I mean you could play it in a different language and then not know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like as, as I have <laughs> but no I agree with you yeah like it, like the Super Nintendo was great for really starting to tell stories and like obviously to me the big example of the Super Nintendo improving on telling stories is like the RPGs you yeah, know like from Marvel the Z4. right yeah of course but yeah I agree with you like there really is a great story here about like people going from this one world to this other world in search of power and then this other world fucking them up and then like when Link first goes into the dark world he becomes a bunny and then it turns yeah, out he, that he's like it's because he's a really good person and so he's yeah, it turns into like a nice person
1: his intentions of going into the dark world aren't malice.
0: Yeah. Dude, there's like, there's the two people when you first go to the dark world and one is like a, a rock a or a ball or something. And the other one's like a bully just kicking them around.
1: Yeah. And oh, then yeah. when they
0: realize that you can stay in your human form because you have that, it's the mirror, I think is what does it.
1: Uh, no, it's a, the moon pearl, right?
0: The moon pearl. And that's the mirror is what transports you. And then, yeah. So then you don't, then you don't transform anymore. And they're all like, what the fuck? But they're stuck in these like horrible forms in it. Yeah, you're right. Like, there really is an interesting story to this game. It's not, certainly not the most complex story ever, but there really is a story there, which makes it a lot of fun. Um, But let's,
1: but let's, I'd like to talk about the thing that I think sets this game aside as being a fucking masterpiece. And it's going to sound weird, but I promise you, this is absolutely my favorite thing about Link to the Past. The amount of Zelda staple items that were introduced in this game is fucking unbelievable. That's true.
0: Including the, the greatest item, not only in Zelda, but the greatest item in the history of video games.
1: I hope you say the right thing.
0: It better be the hookshot.
1: Absolutely, it fucking is. Fucking
0: right. I love, like Literally any video game where I can get a hookshot, I get so excited and I'm like, well, I'm never unequipping equipping this. Unless I absolutely have to, because the hook shot is like, dude. Like, I don't know how you are. Like, I like the boomerang becomes useless. I never use my bow and arrow. I hardly use my
1: sword unless I have to. I'm all about the hook shot. Once I get well, that's it. why, that's why I think and like this is a little off topic, but that's why I think the Spider-Man games on PS4 are so good because it's a game where you just use a hook shot. That's true.
0: Spider-Man's main power is a hook shot, an infinite hook shot essentially um, and i never dude i never thought of that until you said it but you're right this is the first zelda game to introduce the hookshot and yeah, it's just and the, so and,
1: good man well it's the first zelda game to have the flippers the pegasus boots um i think the first one had first one had bow and arrow and boomerang i think yeah i did yeah uh, i can't remember it's Been a while since i played the first one
0: i can't remember if the early games had the bottles but
1: uh no 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 bottles they had you could buy potions
0: right Right, that's right. Um, but they yeah.
1: but they were they were consumables as soon as you drank the potion it was gone.
0: I'm a huge fan of the bottle mechanic. And the way and that the like first of all, you you don't even have to get them. You're like you or I think you have to get one maybe. But you basically like the the four of them are are you know, some of them are actually a little harder to find than others. But if you get all four, you can fill them with different variants of potions, you can fill them with fairies, you can fill them with I think you can put bees in them. And then I don't know what that does because I never put a B in it. You can I put milk can, in I can it. think
1: you release it on enemies? Yeah, it's stupid. That's a waste of time. You have
0: a hook shot. You don't need a B. Um, yeah. But I, dude, I love the fucking bottle mechanic in this game. And you're right. Like the Pegasus boots are rad. Obviously, the hook shot kicks all kinds of ass. Um, one item that I wish was in this game that isn't is the feather from Link's Awakening.
1: Yeah, I, you know what? I was actually thinking that as well because that is probably one of my favorite items from that game. Yeah. Um, which, of course, also is a masterpiece. Um,
0: yeah, Link's uh, Awakening is fucking awesome.
1: I agree. Yes, yeah, especially the fucking Switch version. Oh.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, Holy fucking shit. rights. That,
1: dude, that, that, that that switch version took that game from a check minus to a check plus
0: yeah yeah it's fucking yeah it's it's immaculate i desperately desperately want to see this game remade in that style like so yeah, too.
1: bad i don't because this this is a this is actually an argument that i get into all the time with my brother when we're talking about games we think are the best looking video games of all time and he always says breath of the wild and i'm like yes that is a great looking game but for me it's the Switch version of Link's Awakening. It's just it's so appealing to look at at all times.
0: Yeah, it looks like a cartoon. Like a foggy yeah. cartoon. I love it.
1: Yeah, I love it. Exactly. So if you make that again but in this but with Link to the past, oh, dude, you could sell you could sell that for 120. I pay it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I would pay that much.
0: But yeah, I would I'd be all over. It. And then they, you know what, knowing Nintendo, they fucking might too um yeah but
1: i actually to be honest i kind of hope they
0: do i think that remake is coming i really do because i've read sorry guys we'll get back to link to the past in a minute but i've read that link between worlds the sequel from the ds the 3ds originally started out as a concept of a remake of this game and then they were like let's just make it into a different game um and it's fucking there, there there
1: it is though there it is that's how they do it that's how they do it remake links links to the past and bundle it with Link Between Worlds for the switch 80 oh. bucks for both those games and you don't have to even you don't even have to remaster Link Between Worlds i think it looks fine just get it on my phone. Fu- that is the one thing I really don't like about like the modern era with the 3ds is like port these games to the Switch. Yeah. I Find agree. a way. Yeah, I Because I don't want to. I don't want to play my 3ds anymore. Which sounds shitty, but I just don't. It's it's in storage upstairs. I don't want to have to go and get it. Yeah. I just want to play my shit on the Switch. I'll pay you again.
0: Yeah, I agree. Do yeah, yeah, me too. Fucking no question. So now, if I and this might be a polarizing thing, but like. I'm not criticizing them, but if I have, like, my least favorite part of playing Link to the Past is, like, I, it's not that I don't like the dungeons, but I just, I don't want to do them. I want to be on the overworld. Like, that's where I have fun. And when I go into the dungeons, there are times where I'm just like, I don't want to fucking do this stupid. Because some of the dungeons are great. They're great. They're well designed. They're fun. Some of them just irritate the fuck out of me, where it's just backtrack, backtrack, backtrack.
1: I think, uh, uh, in particular, the Ice Temple in this game is is really bad. Um, Where you have to to make sure that when you come down to the bottom level that the switches are switched a certain way, and if they're not, you have to go back around all the way up through the fucking, uh, all the way up, and then back around through the temple again, and you absolutely have to do that at least once, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah. I and it's Yeah, you do.
1: And it's just it's obnoxious to have to redo it. I do agree with that, but I do think that the dungeons are um complemented with some of the franchise's best boss fights.
0: Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And I don't even think the dungeons are bad per se. It's just like, I feel like on the overworld, they were really ambitious, but they had the everything they needed to make the overworld work, between traveling between the worlds and all that kind of stuff. Whereas, like, there's a yeah. couple of the dungeons with their very primitive map system that they have and stuff like that, where they're certainly not unbeatable, but it does hit a point, there's a couple of instances where you're just like, fuck me, like, what... How does this fucking switch need to, like, it's all it is, is one fucking switch somewhere that, I, like you said, I gotta backtrack through this whole, you're basically guessing. Like, you get to the switch, and you're like, I have a 50-50 shot at getting this right. And if you get it wrong, now you've gotta backtrack through this fucking thing, find the switch, hit it again, make sure nobody else hits it, and then climb all the way back up, and it just, there's a couple instances where, like, let Ice fucking Fortress, man, I, every time I replay this game, I dread that, like, when I get to it, I'm like, Okay, let's just fucking spend forty-five minutes or whatever the fuck it's gonna take me to get through yeah. this stupid goddamn fortress so that it's over. Now the one addition there's two great things about the fortresses and the dungeons that kind of neutralize that. One, as you mentioned, is the killer bosses, because I think most of the bosses in this game fucking own. They're awesome. And the other Absolutely. thing is the the excitement of knowing you're gonna get a new item in every fortress, but then the occasional disappointment when the item sucks. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. like, oh, you got a better shield. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Like, you're I right, wanted something that would help you. me get somewhere else, not this crappy fucking and that, shield.
1: And that mirror shield that you get is so big that it almost blocks your entire character. I hate it. Like, I fucking hate like, it. Well, that giant golden like shield.
0: You need it for, Um, like, a couple of things to deflect, like, the laser eyeballs and stuff like that. But it's, like, I fucking... I wish you could, like, switch between them, like, equip different gear, and I can only use it when I wanted to. Because I fucking hate that giant, obnoxious fucking shield
1: so much. I hate it. One thing... uh, One other thing I'll add about... um, That I really like about the dungeons in this game. um, Because I agree, there's some that aren't that great. And maybe we'll go through some of them in a a minute or two here. But one thing I do want to add is that I like... That in this game, especially comparatively to the first Legend of Zelda, that the dungeons are all kind of themed. And I think they kind of ran away with that idea a little bit, almost too much. And the Ice Palace is a great example of them just kind of being so excited about making an ice-themed palace that they kind of made it not fun to play. Yeah, yeah.
0: But,
1: like, um, I, lo- like I love that there's, like, even like the urban-themed one where you're underneath the the town and like there's all like the dungeons underneath um yeah. like inside the statue yeah. the forest the forest one might be my favorite one because it's not just one streamlined dungeon it's like three different areas that you kind of have to jump between and that one can be kind of tough too and sort of backtracky as well but i do love the concept of it so much and then you have to find the item to get into the third part of the temple because you have to burn a part of the forest down yeah, I yeah
0: see I'm like yeah I'm I'm hit and miss on that temple because like yeah I I love the idea that you have to basically come like the temple is under the lost woods in the dark world and then you come back up to the woods and you have to kind of hike through the forest to find another entrance into a different part of that I like the concept but the, uh, every time I replay this game I get lost on that fucking temple every goddamn yeah. time and it does after a while it it slowly starts to grade at you where you go from like, this is really fun to just being like, motherfuck. where do I go? Like, like fucking I can't, There's no fucking way I'm in this room again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like I, but I, you're, I agree with you. I think the concept of it is rad. I, uh, for my money, the standout moment in any temple in this game is that one that's under the village, uh, yeah. in the dark world. And particularly the way that they, in the light world, they tease that this, this, this building used to be a hideout for a group of bandits or something. Yeah. And then in the dark world, you find out that the boss in this castle is like the leader of those bandits. And it turns out he hates light, which is why he's always in the basement. And so you have to go upstairs, blow a hole in the wall where the sun is shining in, then or in the floor, then come downstairs. And now that light is shining onto the bad guy. And now you can fight him. Like that's really, really clever
1: stuff, man. It's, it's really clever. And like, I know how to do it now, but like when I was a kid, like that, Fucked me up. Like I kept trying to leave because I'm like, I got the girl I saved from the dungeon, but I leave the dungeon and she doesn't follow me. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know? Ah, oh, Christ. So, so I, you, you have to really, really put your head together. And I think I had Nintendo power when I played this game. Like I, I'm pretty sure I, I had Nintendo power to help me out a couple of times. Right.
0: Oh yeah, dude. I yeah. used to, when I was a kid, we used to go to the library and there was a book at the library that was like a guide to this game. And I would just take it out over and over and over. Uh, and use it to help me find everything and just because like it's crazy like like, i like that when you open up your inventory map like there's clearly i don't remember how many it is 20 slots or 24 slots or something like for every item and it's so obvious how many items you're supposed to have and so you get near the end of the game and you have two empty slots left because you can totally beat this game without getting everything um and you get to the end of the game and maybe you have two empty slots left and you're like what the fuck like i feel like i've explored everywhere where the fuck did i miss and then you realize it's one cave in the bottom right corner of the map that you have to get through through the dark world blow it up in the light world go back into it through the dark like yeah like i never would have found this do you know what i mean like it's but yeah. i think that's
1: great i think it's very well done it's i love yeah, it like it, it should make you have to think a little bit what one thing i will say about this game that i'm not huge on and this this is gonna be a really weird pick um i don't love the uh the port on game boy advance uh, and here's the thing. It's an almost identical port. It is the game. It's linked to the past, but they added in the Link voice from Ocarina of Time, and I don't think they needed to. I don't think it needed to be there.
0: Oh, really? I never played that.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, like every time you you swing your sword in the Game Boy Advance version, he goes yeah, 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 and it's like ah, this ah didn't need it. I don't know if we need this.
0: No, I don't like that. I like the idea of him being the (laughs) silent protagonist. I like that better. I don't need his voice. I've never cared for his voice in any game. It's not for me.
1: Yeah. But I mean, at at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we can sit here and we can make like these minor, minor picks about a game that is truly, truly stood the test of time, still plays just as good today as it did back then. Sure. And it's fucking phenomenal.
0: Yeah. If our like biggest, if our biggest, <laughs> like if our biggest criticism is that the Ice Fortress is hard and his voice in the Game Boy or in the yeah, and in, in a port of it is is shitty, then that shows you just how fucking good this game is. Like.
1: Yeah. It tr- it truly is one of the finest crafted video games of all time. And like the impact that this game has had on not, not only the Zelda series, but anything like you look at, you, you look at the way that this impacted like quote unquote, the Zelda formula. But then you look at all the different games that have borrowed inspiration from the Zelda formula, like dark siders or uh hell, even, even like assassin's creed, you know, like, like there's borrowed elements there. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Dude, I've um, I've said before that like I always felt the very first Zelda, the first NES Zelda was the first open world game where you could kind of just explore a world and do whatever you want. And this one just did that like so much better. Like, so, like, yeah, like uh, what I wouldn't get. I, if I could choose right now where I could have my brain wiped out and I could either play Super Mario World again for the first time or I could play this again for the first time, I would probably do this. Because that's, the... so,
1: that's so crazy. You said that because I was literally when you were saying that I was about to say the exact same thing.
0: Is that right? Yeah, because it's just yeah.
1: that big. I want to I want to race my brain and replay this game from scratch again.
0: The the sense of. um like the thrill of fucking figuring out a puzzle on the overworld or going into an area for the first time or once like it's one thing when you're up on death mountain and then you realize you can go back and forth between the light and dark world on death mountain but once you get the ability to just do it wherever you want every time you find a new portal that can take you into the dark world you're like holy fuck i've never been in this area of the map in the dark world now i have to re-explore this whole thing again like i would love to be able to do that again for the first time like fuck me yeah. Because it's just oh. never, it's non-stop surprises just everywhere you go. And then like you said, I'll be honest with you, like as much as I, I, I'm i hit or miss on the dungeons, I love opening the big treasure chest in each dungeon, although occasionally it's very sad and heartbreaking when the item sucks. Here's,
1: here's, a, here's a purple shirt. And you're like, yeah. oh.
0: Isn't that where you get the better boomerang in one of them?
1: You just, uh, no, think, Or is that you throw better- into the water? I think you throw into the water yeah. for the better boomerang. Okay.
0: But there is a few items where you're just like, oh, fucking. Th- yeah, you're right. Like one of them like here, this tunic will protect you from taking damage more. And I was like, oh, thanks. Like this will <laughs> help me get somewhere. Uh-huh. Well, and
1: there's also the thing, the thing about this game that's so much different from like, like Ocarina of Time and, and Wind Waker and Twilight Princess is that you can get, you can sometimes miss an item in the dungeons. Yeah, you can, like the, the big um, treasure chests. Yeah. Yeah. And, they're all necessary and well maybe not the tunic like if you're really good at the game maybe the tunic's not necessary but there is one that's really necessary that's really easy to miss and it's the fucking moon pearl in the third in the third dungeon you can straight up not even know that it's there fight the boss beat the boss get the thing go back to the fucking thing only to find out that there's another fucking thing that you didn't get
0: well, I never do that you, I never but, yeah, but I'm we, also like I, like I obsess over those giant treasure chests like I was more interested in that than I was in fighting the boss I was yeah. like the fucking these <laughs> these fucking princesses can save themselves I want a better hook shot like I was like that was always <laughs> I was like that, that's you know what I mean but I did not know that that's yeah. fucked so yeah you would have to go back just to
1: fucking get that. Well, and what's cool about this game is it's very clear that Miyamoto had like a uh, like a vision for future games, like especially Ocarina of Time, because this game actually talks about a lot of the events that take place in Ocarina of Time, including talking about the the King of Gerudo Ganondorf, who doesn't appear in a game till five years after this game came out. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he
1: he yeah. already knew yet he, he he already knew he wanted to fuck with a
0: human version of Ganon. Dude, this game this game's kind of funny because like. A lot of people, like, I I admire the whole um, the Legend of Zelda universe and the lore and the timeline, but I also am one of the many, many people that are like, I have no fucking idea. where Like, how it all, you know what I mean? Like, all I know is that the Triforce is part of all these games and the Master Sword is part of all these games and Link is not the same person but the same spirit or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's like I, I get the concept and the interwining of all of them and stuff like that, but this was the game that kind of started that
1: yeah well and i think i think that it's um in a little i think like if we're looking at like the plot line of these games it's a little inconsistent i actually just played through minish cap and they're like you unlock the light force aka the triforce which they call the light force in that game for some reason yeah by getting the four sword and it's like well usually i have to get the master sword what's what's the difference between the master sword and the Four? is it the same sword are they right. the same right are they different like I don't understand, you know, I, you know, it's, it's very inconsistent. So a lot of people are like, I, I I like, even just today, I was telling a friend about, um, Age of Calamity, the new Hyrule Warriors game. And I was like, if you're looking for a story, you might not, you might not. It's like, the story is not that great in this game. And he was like, I am looking for story. And I'm like, but why in a Zelda game, is that what you're looking for?
0: Yeah. I have to be honest with you. Like, I, like, I I get that there is a bit like, like this kind of kicked off like the big story and lore of Zelda, but like, i i don't really care like i get why i'm doing yeah. what i'm doing and stuff like that but i'm like it's the same way i feel about mario i'm like i just want to play the game like i don't care about the like i like i get it. i gotta save just tell me who am i saving and what do i need to save them and i'm good do you know what i well, mean I like, have
1: the um i have have you ever read the uh, the hyrule historia
0: no no
1: um so it's it's a great book i actually have it there's like three versions of it there's the hyrule explorer uh, uh hyrule historia which is the history of zelda Um, an encyclopedia which has all like the different characters and um, weapons and stuff and then there's an art book and the art book is fucking phenomenal and they're all they're huge these huge beautiful books like hardcover um, books made by uh, Dark Horse Comics but Hyrule Historia I've read through it a few times and it's very clear that someone at Nintendo was just full of shit and they were just like oh they want to write a history book about our games so let's just make some just make some shit up
0: right yeah yeah
1: let's just let's just just staple this game to this game even though we don't have to
0: sometimes i feel like the legend of zelda is nintendo's metal gear solid because they're just like no we'll fucking we can make this stories all kind of we'll just tape them put a little glue there they'll fit they'll all work together and it's like why can't i would prefer they're all just separate i don't want to know how they all play together that's just
1: me that's just well, Nintendo are such assholes that they're like, we're going to create this Hyrule Historia with a timeline. And uh, we like, we're going to create an actual canonical Zelda timeline. And then they're like, ah, oh, here's breath of the wild. And we're like, where's that fit in the timeline? And they're like, we don't know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, so, no fucking, we don't know. So on Somewhere. one, it's so funny. Cause I'm thinking about that as we're talking about this. And like on one hand, this game kind of kicked off the whole insanity of this fucking timeline. People still can't figure out. But on the other hand, I'm like, I, I was thinking about, it, I'm like, this game kind of like, this game saved that franchise because I know that Zelda 2 is a is a hot button. Some people like Araya, Zelda 2 and some people don't. I get it. But it's like the original Zelda is groundbreaking and it's an iconic, you know, hall of fame video game. Zelda 2 <laughs> turned a lot of people off cuz they tried to do different things and it didn't work. And like I think they could have gotten away from doing these games in the future and people would have just been like, "Yeah, the first one was good, the second one sucked." And it would have been and i'm just pulling a fucking franchise out of my ass here it it could have been the fucking blaster master you know what i mean like of nes and that just would have been it but then when they released link to the past and they did such a phenomenal job of it and they brought it back to like you know like clearly they were all like okay people didn't really care for the second one let's go back to the first one and just make that better and this game like to me this game saved that franchise and took it from a a one-off on the nes with a weird sequel to like arguably their biggest franchise in their library and that's an incredibly arguable point but the point you know what i'm saying though is like oh yeah like this game saved zelda like without this game we would not have zelda games today Uh,
1: i think that releasing this game as they did like releasing this game as is was basically nintendo's way of saying like look we have all these these ips all these different stuff and i know you guys didn't like the last one but we're fucking confident in this product yeah yeah We are confident in this franchise and we have more plans for this.
0: Like, I would be, I would legitimately be curious to know if this wasn't a Shigeru uh, Miyamoto game. Like, if this was just fucking Joe Blow's franchise, you know, at fucking Konami or something, like, would we have ever seen another one? Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. if they would have just been like, "All right, well, we fuck, We had a good one. And we fucked up the second one. Let's just go do something else." And instead, all you did was kick off. Like to me, that's why. Like to me, outside of the original Legend of Zelda game, this is probably the most important game in the franchise because this game I, salvaged the franchise.
1: I, I agree with that. I think. I think there could be an argument made for Ocarina of Time being quite important as well. Yeah. Um. But I, no, no. I'd say I'd say Link to the Past is more important for sure
0: fucking ocarina of time that game just anyway doesn't that's a whole different that's a whole different discussion as well Um,
1: i I, I like ocarina of time but every time i play it i like it less yeah exactly
0: that said i have zero doubt in my mind we're gonna get a zelda 3d all-stars package when their 35th anniversary hits next year at least with ocarina and majora's mask and yeah i'll buy it and yeah i'll play them because i'm i I, I think it'll
1: i think they'll do what they did this year you know how like they made like the 3d all-stars with um 64 sunshine and uh galaxy yeah um, I think what they're going to do is they're going to make a package that comes I think they're going to make two packages. This is, I genuinely believe this. They're going to make one package that comes with Ocarina of time, Majora's mask and wind waker. And then they're going to make a, an, an additional pack that comes with twilight princess and skyward sword.
0: Yeah. You might be right. People would I buy think, them. Right. People want these fucking games. People will buy yeah. them. I'd buy it. Like, <laughs> and like, I'm, I consider myself like a middle fair weather middle of the road zelda fan and i'd fucking buy those like i'm not stupid enough to ignore the legacy of this franchise
1: i would i would buy all i would buy all five of those games and play the four good ones
0: you'd skip majora's mask
1: no i'd skip skyward sword (laughs) majora's mask is a fucking Uh, mask
0: (laughs) we'll do we'll cover that another day um okay we've been going for almost an hour but before we score this thing and wrap it up we had talked about the bosses and i just wanted to quickly so i'll give you a chance to shout out your like my favorite boss in this game is probably that giant lizard chameleon thing with the metal mask on and you've got to chip away at its mask until it breaks then you can shoot it in the ruby in its head i've always
1: isn't that king dodongo
0: i have no idea yeah that would make sense that it is yeah um, I, I could be wrong, but I think it's King Dodongo. That's probably my favorite, just because I love the idea that like I have this magic hammer and I got to chip away at this fucking cast iron mask on his face. And then once it breaks, then I can shoot him in the forehead. I just, oh, I a, really another, like that. That's button. another
1: item. That's another item that was introduced in this game the magic hammer. <laughs> I don't understand
0: um, what's magic about it. It's just a hammer. Like there's it's no, a hammer you can hit. But
1: anyway. You can hit shit with it. Yeah. You know? Like you can't do with a regular hammer. Don't call um, it
0: magic. Just call it the hammer. Call it the hammer of heroes or something. I don't know. But anyway, um, that that's my favorite. So, have you got a favorite my, boss
1: that sticks out? My favorite, yeah, I do, and and uh, this is one that I often think about because I just find that it's really fun. I really like. Oh God, he—I don't know what his name is, but he's like—he's like the big cotton candy guy that has all the little things, and you have to hook shot the little things and yeah. slice them, yeah. and then eventually, once he's naked, he just goes on the floor and just starts like—he's like a giant eyeball that just starts like trying to viciously attack you.
0: Yes, dude. What? Yeah, they do a great job of like, in the in the dungeons where you pick up a new item, they do a great job of uh, working that item into the boss fight.
1: Absolutely. And I really,
0: yeah, I really like that. Quick shout well, out to.
1: Like, what, go ahead. What, like Another one of my favorites, though, like that I just want to shout out, too, is that I love the the Turtle Rock boss fight because you need to have the fire and ice rod. Now, the fire rod, you've got, for sure. The ice rod, you maybe missed.
0: Oh, yeah, and that's so, right. Yeah. Yeah,
1: you, you maybe missed the ice rod. So, like, I'm sure a lot of kids were playing that boss fight and being like, what the fuck? How the fuck? Fuck do you do this?
0: Yeah, because it was like the you had to use the fire rod on the ice side and the ice rod on the fire side. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I like that. That's clever. Fuck yeah. I forgot about that boss. I like that boss too. I wanted yeah, I to understand. shout out my least favorite boss in the game, which is the giant goddamned rattlesnake thing that you have to fight on the platform where he bumps into you and he doesn't even kill you. Oh, he just bumps into yeah. you and knocks you off. And then you've got to hike up and start the fight again that yeah, fucking
1: you to, fight that,
0: you have to fight him twice oh and there's just there's no twice it's like it's to me it's luck because it's just so randomly generated the way he just bounces around the screen and it just makes me so i hate that fucking boss because he's not hard in the sense he's going to kill you he's hard in the sense of the fact that you never know which way he's gonna there's no pattern you just have yeah. to hope that your spin thing because that's all i do is i charge up my spin and then wait for him to come near and then start spinning and hope that it fucking hits him uh, I, I, I hate fuck i hate him
1: i I hate the desert boss fight that's the three worms that like um that burrow underneath the ground and every time they come up they throw rocks in every direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that. And it's the second boss. Like I remember that I've probably died on that boss more than Ganon.
0: Dude, Ganon's a bitch in this game. I love that you could yeah, beat him true. you could beat him with the net. I never knew that, but you could beat him with the bug catching net. Dude,
1: that's a you know what? I'm gonna do it next time. I think
0: I was like, "You fucking pussy! You're supposed to be this all-encompassing demon that's gonna take over the world, but my little fairy net that some stupid kid gave me can beat you. Get the fuck out of
1: here!" Yeah, some kid who's sick in his house just. Oh yeah, you're sick. Like, yeah, he. Had I'm the- too sick to catch bugs, so I guess I'll never be well again. Yeah, like the fact that he gives you that bug net because it's his favorite hobby and he's too sick to do it means that kid's got something terminal
0: yeah yeah <laughs> he <would just> fuck. <laughs> i like to imagine that he was allergic to bees and the bees oh, were stinging that- him and he's like i better stop doing this now this isn't for me yeah. oh oh yeah fuck Also, sorry guys like we're gonna end this thing soon but also shout out to uh if you've ever played this game and you've never made all the chickens attack you then you're not playing this game right Like that's my favorite thing is to just hammer away. My brother and I would do that for hours as kids and just laugh like idiots that we would just fucking go to the village and beat up this one poor defenseless chicken. And then eventually just get the swarm of chickens to come after us
1: is the funniest. shit. one, One thing I find so interesting about this game is at the end of the game after the credits, they tell you how many times you died. Yeah. And I am absolutely willing to ruin a perfect run to die once from the chickens.
0: To die, yeah, it's the greatest thing in the world. And like
1: and I, <laughs> I cuz like I love
0: animals in real life and I love the fact that they were like, "No, no. You can't just abuse animals in our fucking game. They'll fight back." <laughs> but it's just the idea that all it is is a ton of chicken. I fucking love it. I love this fucking game so much.
1: It's it's <sighs> it's in my opinion this this is I know that you don't give perfect ratings, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one out there.
0: Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, like, I don't know what, like, I need a fucking, I don't know what to score this game. Okay, it came out in 1980, 1992. So, we'll score it out of 1992. So, you're giving it 1992 out of 1992?
1: Dude, I'm giving it 1992 out of 1992. I fucking love this game.
0: I got to, like, I mean, I got to give it, I mean, you guys know it gets the Super Mario World tax, so I got to take one off. And then, I'll be honest with yeah, you, yeah. I'm taking a couple off for that Ice Dungeon, because I fucking hate that Ice Dungeon but I mean, Very even, fair. even still like, yeah, I'd be like a 19 fucking 85 out of 1992. It's like a 9.9999 out of 10. It's like, I, yeah. again, like for my mind, I, and I, and I know it's a hot take, but like for my, this is my favorite game in the franchise. I like it better than Breath of the Wild. I like it better than the sequel. I like it better than Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, all those, like to me, this is the, the, it's the Super Mario World of Zelda. It's the, it's, I, I'll never get bored of playing this game
1: ever. Yeah. Ever. And, and again, just for me, like, Hey, this ge- this game is so close to being my favorite Zelda game. Wind Waker has a tiny advantage over it. Um, but you also got to remember, like, um, I don't want to be this guy, but I'm a, lot, I'm a lot younger than you are. And Wind Waker came out when I was 10. Right. Wind Waker came out when I was 10, and we got it first day, and we didn't usually do that. But we had to get Wind Waker on the first day, and it's just a game that really resonates with me. But link to the past is a game i've i've played i've probably played through link to the past more than any game in history maybe the first metal gear solid being the only exception but even then it would be close
0: yeah yeah for for what it's worth like and i'll eventually rank the i gotta play a, there's a couple zelda games i've missed and then i'll do a ranking episode but like when when yeah minish cap is one uh wind waker's in my top five like i love wind waker i love the art style for my money the art style and wind waker alone makes it a top five I fucking it looks gonna, so I- good
1: Looks I'm gonna so try good. to entice you by telling something, tell you, telling you something. I told my brother, uh, Minish Cap is better than Ocarina of Time. I and I 100% believe that.
0: Yeah, but like fucking Echo the Dolphin is better than Ocarina. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm kidding. Calm down. Although I, am I am Luke. War- like Ocarina of you, Time is not a top five
1: Zelda game for me. I you don't like fucking it. fucking what me.
0: I, I don't like it. I don't like
1: no, it. I, no, I agree. Ocarina of Time is very, very good in my opinion, but it does lose points more and more um one thing that really pisses me off about i promise i won't go on a huge tangent but one thing that pisses me off about ocarina of time is that most of the mechanics are just standing there waiting for the enemy to attack so you can counter yeah yeah and it's annoying yeah
0: that's yeah like i like the combat in in this game in link to the past is like is is ridiculously basic but it works i'm like i don't need anything else other than that it works just fine my shield works the way i want it to it's easy to swing my sword it's easy to do the spin I got a hook shot, which is all I need. Like, it's just, I, ah, oh God, I want to play this right now. Like, talking about this has made me want to sit down and play this game again right now. So, pop um, by
1: my Twitch stream today. I'll be playing <laughs> Link to the Past.
0: Um, okay, that's good, buddy. That was over an hour of Link to the Past talk, which was perfect. And, then you,
1: and you finally got to do a Zelda episode of the podcast. So, congratulations. I, I, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I'm ecstatic. Thank you. Do I get, like, do I get, is, am I in the Hall of Fame now? No, but I, that's your last I,
0: name is probably going to always keep you out of the Hall of Fame.
1: Am I, am I banned because on on an episode I did say that Mario's missing is is technically good?
0: No, you're you're banned because you're a McHugh, and that's just ah. something I can't forgive. It's nothing personal. I just like your mom is never getting into the Hall of Fame either.
1: It sounds it sounds pretty personal, my guy. Well,
0: okay, but it is, but it's toward your brother, not you. Uh, that's
1: so. okay He's, <laughs> he sucks so I
0: get it yeah he does suck and he probably won't listen to this to hear us say that but if he ever does yeah suck it Mark
1: uh, it's a Zelda uh, episode I think he might uh, yeah he
0: might actually yeah you're right he probably will Um, yeah. good stuff buddy thank you so much for uh, for spending part of your afternoon talking about 30 year old video games with me I appreciate
1: it I'm, I'm happy to do it happy to do it
0: That's going to do it for this week's episode, everybody. Bradley, thank you for giving me a call a geeking out about The Legend of Zelda. Link to the past with me and to every single one of you nerds listening right now. Thank you so much for uh, supporting me and the show. If you're enjoying what I do, if you like the podcast, please consider supporting us over on Patreon, you guys. It's only two bucks. It helps me out so much. It helps keep this show going the way that it's going. I really, really appreciate it. You get extra podcasts, shout outs. You can pick the games we cover and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh one of those extra podcasts you get is Expansion Pass. And this Sunday's episode will be number 36 and I'll be talking about the top 10 games that I should love, but I don't. So if you're interested in that, you can see the whole list at rememberTheGamePodcast.com and find a link to sign up to support us over on Patreon there as well. Two bucks. Uh, also I have a P.O. box and uh, some of you guys have been sending me some cool stuff it's rad I've remember the game postcards I'd happily send you back that's all I'm looking for it would mean the world to me to just get postcards from all over this fucking rock we all live on knowing where people listen to this show and I'll absolutely send you one back and we could be pen pals or something lame like that it'd be a lot of fun you can find the full address at rememberthegamepodcast.com but it's remember the game, P.O. Box 69181 Edmonton, Alberta, Canada T6 Victor 1G7 as in great I was trying to think of a word that starts with G um, so that'd be really rad. And then finally, check me out on Twitch. I'm over there Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sunday nights from 8 to 11 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Look for Member the Game on Twitch. Not Remember. Look for Member the Game. I'm always over there just playing video games. I spend just as much time talking with everybody. So if you want to come by and say hi, that would be fucking awesome. I'd love to see you. And that'll do it, you guys. Game Patch 15.0 hits the internet Friday morning for Patreons, Monday morning for free feeds. Expansion Pass will be live on Sunday. And I will be back in seven days with episode 100 and 26 of remember the game thanks a lot you guys i'll talk to you again soon cheers remember the game is brought to you by our patreons i simply could not produce all the podcasts and all the crap that i'm putting out into the world without all of your support so i would like to take a quick moment to thank every single person that has supported us at patreon.com/slash remember the game. And I'm sure I'm gonna fuck up a couple of these names. I think a couple of you listened to it just to hear me stumble my way through this. But with that said, a humongous giant remember the game, thank you to Aaron Kapal, Aaron Lawson, Adam Anderson, Adam Beasley, Adam O'Cherello, Alan C, Alex Martinez, Andre, Andrew Hallopchuk, Andrew Wright, Andy Baker, April Zane, Arpad Botos, Ashley Cronenvitter, Batter Barhumi, Ben Booya, Ben Boucha, Ben Drinken, Bradley McHugh, Brandon O'Brien, Brian McKay, Brian Madero. Brian Ransom, Bullfrog, Charlie M, Chris Campbell, Chris Flurry, Chris Wilson, Christopher Russell, Chuck Schlarp, Corey, Craig Rutt, Crash Bandicoot, Chris Knife 007, Dan T, Danny Vega, Dario Omen, Dave L, Dave McG, Dave Thompson, David Ray, David Shatner, Schnatterer, fucking there was one Desert Tortoise, Divalk, Do How, Dominic S. Thompson, Doug Dorn, Doxer, Dylan, Eric Cannard, Evan Refuse, Fraser Burns, Gary C, Geek Life Radio, Grant Robertson. Grimpy Andre SJA Flash James Clark Jared Jason Adams Jason Cortez Jay Clutch Jeff Johnson from Game on GNT, Jeffrey Mathis, Chair Bear, Joe Buck, Joe Gillespie, Joe Mack, John Doskis John Quack, Jordan, Josh Morgan, Josh from the Press Start to Join podcast, Kate Roberts, Casey Rarick, Keegs, Kevin Chincholo, Kevin Donlin, Kevin Hufford, CryptoBox, Kyle Paul, Lane Orr, Leon Napscog, Les Winan, Luca, Mackenzie Wheeler, Mark Jones, Mark McHugh, Mark 209, Martin Greenwood, Matt McLean, Matthew Davis, Michael Mathis, Mikhail Haig, Mike Malawaney, Mike Miklos Blackshaw, Miles from bringbackretro.com Morgan Mr. Impressive Mr. Nick Molverine Mil- films nathan trombley nathan w nick sills no one cares og big titus pb mcfadden peebs retro ghosty ghost rex robert fuchsia robert l rome 21 ryan bayshore ryan Kinchen, ryan yeager scott brooks scott v sean rizzi sharonic slick rick staro praben stupid monkey super mary ho the giraffe the t-word thomas d reynolds tim l tim riel T- tim l tim riel todd o tom tony travis trevor hillier tyler very cool dude vin Edson L, Vladstein, Whiteboro, Wyman Brooks, Xwater, Yamcha, and Zane Donovan. That might be the best I've ever done. Thank you guys so much for the support. I really appreciate it. Talk to you all on Friday with Game Patch. Cheers.